the easier thing for me would have been to stay at OU. I mean, that's, you know, that program was, you know, running at a high level and families settled, staff settled. I mean, a lot of things um, that, that were going very well and that I think, and I absolutely think will continue to go well. It's a tremendous program. And uh, so that's, that, that program is going to be just fine. But the easier thing would have been to stay. And it's tremendous in every sense. But this, the chance to do this at this place, combined with some of the opportunities for my family off the field, the life away from it, the chance to live in this place, the educational opportunities, it was just, at the end of the day, it, it just, I don't know, I said in the deal, it really was just the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, you don't, if you're afraid of uh, a challenge, you don't take the head coaching job at OU when you're 33 years old. You don't come out here to USC and do this. I mean, that's, that's uh, the people that know us uh, and know us well know that we, we kind of, we embrace those things just like we're going to embrace it here. University of Southern California head football coach Lincoln Riley there on the move. I, I believe he was asked, if he was dodging the SEC. You run right? from the SEC, boy. And that's what he said. That was the question in the podcast. Um, I. We don't have to go. I, I just wanted to play that because it was relevant today. Yeah, I, we don't have to have a 20 minute conversation about maybe that. He, maybe he. I, I think part of it was, you know, and I've talked about this before, and this is one of the great benefits of Lincoln Riley leaving was. He 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 wasn't having a lot of success, I think, in getting making up grounds on some of the resources he was going to need to make that move. And whenever he left, it became apparent that okay, these are these are things that we have to do and do now. So um, that is one of the the bonuses that came out of it. Now, I have noticed today, Tyler, that the amount of fan bases. Joining in on disliking Lincoln Riley continues to grow. I told you, I told Parker this uh, yesterday and today. When Jordan Addison elects USC, and I, I, I don't even think it needs to be revealed that he's going to get three million dollars in a house. Once Jordan Addison leaves to go to USC, I think he'll be looked at as the villain of this new era of college football. Well, he's the kind of the yeah figurehead of this this change that a lot of people don't approve of and it sounds like or at least this is is what some people are reporting i have no idea if it's true but that usc was trying to poach Xavier worthy off of the Xavier worthy yeah the fresh or the uh, wide receiver from texas yeah. yeah and i don't know how much truth there is to that i've seen nothing to substantiate it but there's uh, what the rumors are. There was a, a massive NIL deal floated his way, and yep. he's not even in the transfer portal, right? Yeah, and he's not going to enter into the transfer portal. He's going back to Texas, which I laugh, by the way. I'm like, God, it's such, it's such a mule shoe move to tamper and offer these big NIL deals to guys that are already playing somewhere, and they're all wide receivers. He's still not addressing the down linemen that he needs to win a championship. It's still all about the offensive skill players. I love it. Yeah. It's great. No, uh, there's. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I I never thought that Texas fans, Oklahoma fans, and Pitt fans would uh, join hands in disliking Lincoln Riley, but here we are, and uh, I think we're just getting started. He's <laughs> he's only what uh, four months into his tenure there at yeah. USC. Uh, let me let me read some of these texts before we move on here. You played the wrong TLC, uh, TLC song with that LR clip. Should have played Scrubs. My personal opinion. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. 
That is I good. just I wanted a song where the chorus was going to hit right. Um, but you're right. I should have I should have tried Scrubs. That would have fit a lot better. What an honor for Lincoln to label OU as a tremendous program. Means a lot coming from USC's coach. Yeah. I'm shocked that y'all just got away with playing 60 seconds of flatulence on the air. <laughs> hey, that's typically what we do uh, on this show. Peyton says, Tyler, chill out, man. TBOW isn't taking Addison from Pitt. He's taking him from the transfer portal. Yeah, I wonder how that would go over with uh, Pitt fans if if and when. You, so do you believe the Addison kid is going to the University of Southern Cal? Uh, yes. Really? Y a s s. You don't think that the the uproar and the fact that everyone knows about it, his teammates, everyone, that there's not going to be now a tremendous amount of pressure for him to uh, to not make that move? Nip. Wait, wait, wait. You said three million dollars in a house? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take that one. Actually, hey, y'all come out on your bye week, right? Oh, dude, that would be messed up, but. If everyone's, like, so mad at you for leaving, is that what you say, leaving yeah. the locker room? Hey, y'all come out on the bye week. Yeah, hey, I'm going to oh. I'm gonna come see. I'm going to come watch you guys uh. whenever we're off. Uh, yeah, yeah, I- exactly. That's that's what goes down. Unpopular opinion. I didn't like Muleshoe when he was here, just like I didn't like Harden when he played for the Thunder. Uh, yeah, that is an unpopular opinion. Um, and... If you didn't voice it to a bunch of people then, they'll never believe you now. The Crawfords from Boys City are headed to Amarillo. Well, you better say hi, Crawford family. There we go. Might have some uh, swag to give away. We'll see. Mule Shoe sounds like a baby diaper. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, let me ask you something. Um, because with with the the obvious tampering stuff that's going on, the if there's any true to the worthy situation at Texas and USC was throwing NIL money at him, which I and, believe that is the case, by the way, and he wasn't in the transfer portal, and obviously the Addison kid wasn't in the portal until the very last moment, and the rumors of him going to USC and the dollar number and all of the things thrown at him were out there. It, Head coaches are upset, and everyone is, like, pounding the drum of tampering. Is the NCAA even going to make a phone call and ask about it, or no. are we just – we're not going to see no. anything? Um, I mean, and that's why I think that he's going all in on this tampering, and I don't really think he cares who knows, knows it. If it's done through the NL, NIL group, the NCAA has care. no jurisdiction there. No, he, he's worried about building up his roster because he knows, man. And I guess, God, to a little bit of his credit, he knows he can't be punished for it or he's not going to be punished for it by the NCAA. Right. Well, because the way this works is, you know, if the NCAA is going to come in and look at, look at if, if an issue went down and there was tampering, because they're an NCAA institution – USC would have to turn over like devices or whatever to the NCAA and they could they could look to see what had gone on. But since it's being done through an NIL, they've got no jurisdiction with a with a LLC that's no. got a, a ton of money that's reaching out to people and 
Like if they call them and ask them to see their communication, yeah, get stuffed. We're not showing you anything. Yeah, well, it it sounds like there's always a middleman, or at least most of the time. Sure. Uh, Dion was in a story today that I was reading and basically saying that a lot of times it's the kid's high school coach that's facilitating things. Like, yeah, we've heard that. They reach out to a school and say, hey, he's interested in going in the portal. What do you have to offer? So they'll insert into the portal – but by the time that they enter into the portal, the other school knows they're getting him and the deal has already been set. So Jordan Addison entered in the portal about two uh yeah, about two hours ago. He already knows where he's going and he already knows the the deal that he's going to get. Right. Um So he's not in the portal and now looking around. Like, no way. He knows where he's going. Well it if he goes to USC, uh just like Caleb Williams verbatim it will be uh, nothing to do with NIL money and will only be about his professional development. The same exact to the letter uh, release that Caleb Williams put out before he made his decision. So someone just sent us a picture. They're sitting in the passenger seat of a car. We can <laughs> see them giving the old number one. Uh, to a mule shoe billboard. Is this live? <laughs> are you listening to us now as you're rolling through there? That's a great good. pick. Uh, how, that... do you, how do you feel about the form on that middle finger? You got the, the fingers, the other fingers curled up a little bit. Yeah, that's the cool way to do it. I remember whenever I was a little kid, I I don't know if I didn't have the dexterity or whatever to be able to pull that off, or I just didn't know about it, but I had like, I took my thumb and I would hold my other fingers down and I would have like the solo middle finger by itself up. Looked pretty bad. That was in middle school? E- or younger, yeah. Well, at least surprising thing today, Teddy was uh, shooting the bird as a middle school or younger. Well, I think I learned the cool way to shoot the bird from Wayne Allen. Uh, lived close to me, Naturally. older kid. I pretty much tried to mimic all the things that he did. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Allen. Wayne Allen. That's right. <laughs> but shout out to Wayne. Joined the Navy, stationed in Japan for a long time. Great dude. Was he shooting the double birds to the, the enemies or what? There's no doubt about it. Hmm. The cool way, not the horrible way. Hey, a little off topic, but I was trying to come up with content for today. And I thought, hey, I wonder who the top five head coaches in college football are. So I. Started right. Well, now hang said, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Top five in like right what, just what right, category? What do you mean? What category? The top, you don't have to make this more difficult than it is. Well, there's got to be already guidelines. Halted the conversation. Whoa, whoa, what do you mean the best? What the, the best five coaches? Top five. Saban one. Okay. Dabo two. Savini. Kirby Smart three. I have no idea four. I couldn't decide on five. <laughs> I seriously, man. I was like, hey, one, two, three are pretty easy. Four and five, I, I, I can't. Um, I can't put Muleshoe there. There's no way. Why? And I don't believe that he's a top five coach either. Tell me why you can't put him there. Well, I think that you have you have to at least show well once on the big stage that he has. You can't continually get embarrassed. You can't get a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less worse every single year, and maybe with your most talented team, throw in a crappy 10-2 and season where you don't even make the Big 12 championship game. Right. I can't, like, based off of last year, I can't put him in the top five. Well, 
you're going to have to find a replacement before you can't put him in the top five. I'm really trending. <sighs> why Why don't you have – tell me why you don't have Ryan Day in there. I was going to put Ryan Day in there, and I was thinking very hard about putting Mel Tucker there. Now, clearly, Mel Tucker is the outlier when it comes to Saban, Dabo, Kirby, and even Ryan Day because he hasn't won. What He hadn't even won a conference championship or made it to the college football playoff. But Michigan State is a pretty good football team last year. I like his um, – I, I like how good he is as a head coach. I might put Ryan Day four and Mel Tucker number five. Let me give you a couple of names. These are the names that I feel like are are in the running for slots four and five. Don't say Brian Kelly. You mentioned Mel Tucker, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley. Whether you like to believe that or not, people are going to throw his name in there. Uh, Harbaugh, okay? Let me throw one at you. Aranda. Uh, I considered him, yeah. Um, I mean, winning a conference championship and a Sugar Bowl at Baylor, it's been only two years, but mm-hmm. I, I think that that's grounds for putting someone in the top five. The point is, like, and we can come up with the top five if you want, but there's been so many head coaching changes at a lot of top jobs, it's not just a slam dunk top five across the board. Like, you've really got to think about four and five. One, two, three are pretty set. But four and five is a lot more difficult than I think it's been in recent years. What about – tell me where Mike Gundy falls. Uh, I mean, fringe top ten, I, I don't think that he deserves to be in the top five. Um, there's some really good years in there, but there's some there's some lean years in there as well. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Not a great record against his biggest rival. Yeah, I know that they're the more talented team every single year, and he's got to yeah. overcome that. But Th- that's it, it's hard that, and I know it's the reality of it that 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 gets held over his head. But the thing about comparing college coaches to one another is the resources that each coach is able to have at their dispense is so widely different that it's hard. Um, Saban, Savini, Smart, they've got uh, just everything that they could ever ask for at their disposal. That's how much money those schools are throwing at it. You know, some of the others that have have been able to, like Mike Gundy, the amount that he's won over the past decade at Oklahoma State, Considering that they've got one of the lowest recruiting budgets in the Big Twelve, not not just like compared to some of these other schools, like one of the lowest budgets in the entire Big Twelve, sure. and and be able to have the consistency that he's had, it's so hard to compare. Is it's never an apples to apples? Yeah, situation. well, and that's why I didn't put Brian Kelly in there. Brian Kelly is the what all time winningest head coach at Notre Dame, one of right. the most pre- prestigious schools out there. Just got hired at LSU. But I don't believe that he's a top five head coach. I would be more willing to throw out a name like Luke Fickle than I would Brian Kelly. I think Luke Fickle's a better head okay. coach. Okay, I think Fickle definitely deserves to be on the list, and he may have to be on the list considering took he Cincinnati first non-power five team to the college football playoff. Yeah, buddy, took a non-power five to the college football playoff. I'm putting him at number four. You're putting Luke Fickle at four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, tell me why you don't have Harbaugh in the top five. 
Well, I mean, last year was definitely an outlier year. I think it's fair to say that I need to see a little bit more from him. He did make the college football playoff, but there's also a pretty big gap between him and and Georgia last year, the best team in the country. And I know that there was a big gap between Georgia and pretty much everyone last year, not named Alabama, but Harbaugh's entire career up to this point has been, golly, he can't beat Michigan State and he can't beat Ohio State. Yeah. Um, He's been – I. How have they done there at at Michigan, like record wise, since they've he's been there? It's been Much really better. good. Yeah, right? they, they had some they had some tough hires there. Brady Hoke did not do well. Uh, clearly, Rich Rod was a was a bomb. Um, yeah, considering what they had previously, he's much much better. Yeah, he's he's offered a level of consistency that they didn't really have before. Now they were god awful in the COVID year. They only played six games, but. You know, his first two years, he was ten and three, ten and three, down year eight and five, then ten and three, and then he just had his best year at twelve and two. And what's crazy is he's done all of that with really no quarterback to speak of. Did we did you even mention Jimbo? I didn't. No. Isn't that crazy? He's won a national championship. We didn't even like throw him in the group of guys I- in the top five. I'm tell, I told you this yesterday, I man. Know. The narrative on coaches changes so quick. I know. Kirby is, you know, some people might say, you're crazy, dude. He's the second best head coach. A year yeah. ago, Kirby was guy who couldn't win the big game. Yeah. Can't develop quarterbacks. Can't do this. Can't do that. Now he's, he's amazing, about to go on a run. Here's the thing. Um, Jimbo Fisher had a good run at FSU. Clemson's run really changed things for Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. Right? Like overnight, they got bad. Yeah, as as Clemson got better and better, they started to to go downhill. But that run, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen with Jameis Winston, they were twelve and two, fourteen and zero, thirteen and one. So I mean, that's a heck of a run right there. What thirty nine and three, something like that. Yeah. Um, but after that, it started rolling downhill, and his last year it was five and six. He hasn't had a ten win season yet at Texas A and M. So his first year was his best year. Well, I guess no, they were nine and one in twenty twenty. They were nine and four in eighteen, but they haven't eclipsed the the nine win mark. They've either been an eight or nine win team for four years. So it's kind of hard to say that, you know, with, with all of the uh, – he's one of the guys that it's all equal as far as resources, as far as money thrown into the program, as far as recruiting. He's been right there nearly neck and neck with the Sabins, uh, Kirby Smarts, Dabo Sweeney's, yet the results just haven't been there. Yeah. And you can say that the schedule is more difficult – that's fine, but it doesn't change the the final record, and ultimately that's what you're going to be judged on. Real quick, let me read some names. Sam Pittman is on here. Kirk Ferentz, somebody put him on there? Interesting. Kyle Whittingham got a few votes. Yeah, Kalani I like S- Whittingham. Kalani Sataki at BYU got some votes. Uh, Cincinnati had nine players drafted, too. That's from Peyton. Um, <laughs> I like this one. Marcus Freeman. Can't put Venables in there since he hasn't been a head coach before. Hi, I'm Bud Elliott. <laughs> right. Dumb argument. Saban, Sweeney, Smart, Day, and Riley. What's the dumb argument? I, I guess of who the top five are? I, I guess so. This is, hmm. 
Okay. What about that fella from Arkansas? Yeah, that's Sam Pittman. Pittman's done a good job. Yes, he man. He's done a good job. Turned Arkansas into the laughingstock of the SEC, and now they're uh, they got a good. They had a good team last. Were they win eight, nine games last year? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. You've got to cap it with uh, something of substance at the end of a season. But I do do agree that he's right there in the conversation. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of The Rush on this Tuesday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma, can help take the ease off of your staff, but fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048, Tulsa. 918-282-7612. Hey, if you have some emergency repairs from the storm last night, Give Cavens a call. They can help you out. CavensConstruction.com. They are on the clock 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with emergency repairs. I get it. You're over it. I'm over it. We're all over it. But I'll at least play it. Here's why Lincoln did the dumb piece in the Players' Tribune. I'll never, for, uh, I'll never forget what Mike Stoops told me after that big win. I'll choose to keep that private. <laughs> That's still my favorite part of that entire Players' Tribune article. You, yeah. buying, you buying it? Or is uh, that more lies from the snake? Um, well, it. I hate to say this, but it is more lies because he – he said in the article the same thing that he said from the very beginning, that it all came together in a matter of hours, and that's just not true. So, no, he didn't say anything new in the article. He he was able to say how much he enjoyed his time at Oklahoma and, and how um, you know difficult of a decision it was, which I don't doubt. I don't doubt that it was a difficult decision. I just doubt that it came together in 15 minutes. Yeah. Like that's that's as, as we all do. That's it. As we all do. Hey, Ross Dellinger has a new story out. College leaders plan a crackdown on NIL collective sources tell at SI now. Officials are exploring guidelines that reinforce that boosters are prohibited from recruiting. Schools not monitoring donors will be sanctioned for violating existing bylaws. Yeah. Now, that's a lot, and that sounds great in theory. I, I just 
it comes down to the ultimate question of who's going to enforce things. But it does seem like that this whole Jordan Addison thing has really sparked yeah. kind of a, a revolution, man. Well, you finally have news of a coach being pissed about it and calling the other coach and calling the NCAA and raising a fuss. Now, other people have hinted to the media a little bit, but this doesn't sound like it was anything to the media. It was to the actual people involved. And, you know, here's here's the kind of the problem that you're you're faced with with NIL. If the NIL cannot be done through the university, right? It has to be done by an outside source because if it's done through the university, well, then it's, it's pay for play. Okay. And, and that is, that's not allowed, but whenever it goes to an outside source, well, the NCAA loses any type of authority or jurisdiction to be able to go in and ask the questions and do the investigation that they need to do to see if something, um, you know, against the rules is taking place. So really the only way the NCAA has any ability to monitor at all is if it's handled by the university. So I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know exactly what guidelines they're never going to, they can say that all they want, but, they're never going to be able to prove anything because they don't have like any type of subpoena rights to be able to ask people for their communications. Yeah. <laughs> Text line is like all PO'd right now. Oh, so Oklahoma's the other spot now? Well, damn, we're just the other place now? <laughs> the other place? Is that what he said? I, I, I guess I didn't even catch that. I, 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 I. Lincoln must have said I 35 or 40 times in that statement. That just tells you what kind of person he is, all about himself. This says, how many times can one person say I or my in my one statement? Narcissist much? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you, that's funny. Uh, amazing. I didn't catch either one of those things, so thank you. Thank right. you for catching that. I, I'll have to I'll have to hear it again at some point and see if we pick that out. I guess – the other place because he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to rile Oklahoma up anymore by throwing getting Oklahoma's name involved in it. I guess I I don't know. That's funny. Pretty good stuff. Would be amazing if somehow uh, USC comes to Norman and instead of Oklahoma on the scoreboard, it just says the other place. The in other USC. place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one Story number one is. First, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there. They do an outstanding job having some hail come through. It's storm season. If you have any damage, uh, leaks, need a roof replacement, give the guys at Roof Tech a call. Um a couple of things here. A-Rod, 
someone was, I guess his new show is out, and they're trying to do like the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning deal on baseball. Yeah, I got terrible ratings the uh, the first week. The uh, what the K K Rod right K Rod right, K Rod yeah, yep. yeah. Haven't seen it, but I did see this article about. Uh, his suggestions if he was commissioner for a day for Major League Baseball and wanted to run these by you to see what you thought of them. And I thought this first one was interesting. Uh, His argument is the ball needs to be in play more, more contact. So widen the strike zone but lower it. it. His argument is it's easier to put the ball in play if the ball's lower and pitchers have to throw it lower. Um, I mean... If that generates Wide home plate, is if what that said. generates more action, more balls being put in play, um, I, I'm totally totally down for that. Um, he needs to say something about just picking a baseball and sticking with it for I a while. I totally agree. We've had that conversation. Then he said, "Illegal defense. Uh, you got to have two and two, two guys on in the infield on each side of second base, and you have to have at least one foot in the dirt. So you can't have." Guys way back playing in in the outfield. Don't know about that. And then I wanted to ask you what he meant by this one. Open up the cameras for all 60 batting cages. Is that like the batting cage underneath where they're taking some uh, some BP before they go up into the – or sure, is that like, like a, pregame? Like what does that mean? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing – I mean, if you have a DH – You've got a DH that, you know, just trying to stay warm is going to take some cuts in the cage. So I don't – let's use the Red Sox eight years as an example. Is he talking about uh, during the dead action, just panning to Poppy, hitting cage bombs in there in Fenway Park? Maybe, but – Maybe I, I was I was interested in that, like sixty batting cages. So I was guessing like the unless he wanted to get technical, like they have some. some like B-roll stuff from guys taking cuts in yeah. the cages before the games, maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. And then um, 10 pitchers on the roster max. Uh, so you limit the amount of call-ups. And I don't know if shortening the rotation. Like, There's such a push towards limiting the amount of uh, pitches guys have that uh, that one's probably a tough one. And then entertainment like NFL halftime and NBA shows, I don't think that's going to do no, anything for no, baseball. No. He started off strong, though. Um, okay. Next thing. Have you heard of Jimmy High Roller? No. He's a YouTuber. And I guess this YouTuber, and Ethan Strauss wrote an article on this, this single guy on YouTube, he's a no-name, doesn't have a Twitter handle anything, no one really knows who he is, but he by himself does NBA videos and does more views than ESPN does. Jeez. And he's just a YouTuber. So my thought is... Is this going to – because I watch more and more of my content on YouTube. I, I watch fewer and fewer uh, television shows or even live events on TV, and I watch more YouTube. You think that that's going to be something that, that like the ESPNs and Foxes and the big sports shows have to contend with? Yeah, totally, because there's a lot of people there that have a lot of subscribers. It's just a it's a great platform. Quick eight- to ten-minute videos. Well, are, some people will do like an hour yeah. long, but, uh, yeah, you can. Well, here's where I think YouTube is really good. You can live interact with those shows. Like ESPN, you're just kind of sitting there. I think the younger generation especially wants to be able to interact with their shows, so that is a, very much an added benefit for, um, for, a pro, for a platform like YouTube, yep. if you know how to use it right. Uh, the last thing I had is I I met a girl today that was 
just the walking personification of why everyone hates Texas. Oh, okay, great. Tyler, it was amazing. So she was up here in Oklahoma working for um, a local business. Did she have her jeans tucked in her boots? No, but she was doing marketing, okay? And they were marketing for this local business, and they were going around to, to some of the businesses in the area. In a 10-minute conversation with our office, she managed to insult Oklahoma no less than 50 times. Love it. There's Love no it. good coffee here. Why do well, you guys just don't have any good coffee? Uh, the parking here in Oklahoma is terrible. In Texas, the parking is so good. There's, <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Okay, she lost me. She, I, I, she's like, I'm Whoa. so used to you know, and, and I'm so used to you know, like downtown Dallas where there's uh, always something going on. We got in late last night and. You know, there was nothing to do. It, it's like, well, you were in the office area of downtown Oklahoma City. It, Tyler, it, I cannot yeah. well, tell you it went on and on. First off, let's, everything. let's address the coffee. Um, honey, you get your coffee at Starbucks like the rest of the world. There's Starbucks here, just like there is <laughs> right. Starbucks in Texas. So don't give me that crap. You know, Texans say, God, Oklahomans are just obsessed with Texas. And there may that may be accurate. I mean, there may be a little bit of truth to that. But I think Texans are equally as obsessed to saying how much there's nothing to do in Oklahoma and how much of a trash state it is. She didn't give OU or she didn't give Oklahoma any sort of a chance she had her mind made up as she was sitting in traffic in Denton that she was going to go to this thing and totally trash the state which is fine hey the less people here the better that's cool with me I listened to the first part of it and then I started I think she got the picture um whenever she said she was talking about one of the malls and how she heard that there was a shooting at one of the malls and she's like oh my god it's like we come into Oklahoma and there's a, a mall that had a shooting. And I was like, oh, that's funny you say that. I just watched a shootout, a guy get killed at a Galleria mall in Texas. So interesting. You guys are kind of having did the same problem. Did you actually push back or did you oh, just Oh, no, I did. You I did? did. Oh, okay. yeah. I started saying, uh, I, I threw out, because she was asking about like a couple of restaurants and I said, well, yeah, it's great. Don't know if you like it, though, because there's not one in Texas. Uh, So I started saying that to her, and I think pretty quickly they got the message. It was horrible. Did she predict a uh, Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys next year? She walked out of there, and I turned to everyone and I said, that is why everyone hates Texas, that girl right there. Uh, there was a body that washed up in Lake Mead yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. Lake Mead is right by Vegas. Right. And yeah, it was shocking. Th- Let me guess, uh, had concrete on its feet. Well, it was a body found inside a barrel. Oh, well, so there, there, you there you go. Yeah, I mean, and uh, they think that the body dates all the way back to the 80s when it was uh, really going on in Vegas oh. and the mob was present. So I yeah, was about to say uh, they need to do, maybe it's Jimmy Hoffa, but. Well, no, that joke has already been made. Oh, okay. So you're <laughs> about 23 hours late to that. But, uh, yeah, Lake Mead is drying up at least a little bit. The, I think the water is, is down, so yeah, there's is. at least one body found in a barrel from the 80s that is washed ashore. Uh, 
Let's hope that Lake Mead doesn't wash up anymore. A lot more of these situations. We don't need any more Vegas' secrets uh, being unearthed. Let's let's get some water back in there. But it's going to be tough with uh, Southern California pumping all of the water out of there to the uh, to the desert where they all live. The NFL is mad at the Detroit Lions, not just because they've sucked for multiple decades now. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're happy about that. They yeah. need teams that suck. The reason why they're mad at the Detroit Lions is kind of interesting because I was driving home Thursday from the caravan in Tulsa listening to the draft and saying to myself, wow, if the Jacksonville Jaguars pass on Aiden Hutchinson, how cool would it be if the Detroit Lions literally run up to the podium as soon as that draft pick is made to show support for the local kid. That's essentially what they did, man. Right. 60 seconds after the Jags made their pick, the Lions selected Aiden Hutchinson, and the NFL is mad at the Lions for saying, dude, what are you guys doing? We need more drama. drama with the number two pick. Don't just run up there and pick Aiden Hutchinson. Jeez. Right, yeah. Uh, it was pretty ridiculous to hear the NFL come out, and uh, I guess I don't know if they came out and said it, but to find that out, Come on, give me a break. The people that are watching are watching anyways. It's not going to – you're not going to draw any more ratings because of that. Oh, God, did you guys see how long it took the Lions to take the number two pick? We better watch this thing the rest of the night. Skip Bayless, somebody counted. I don't know who. Skip Bayless has 49,856 tweets that mention LeBron James. (laughs) That means that 87% – of Skip Bayless's tweets, and he tweets a lot, guys. 87% of his tweets have mentioned LeBron James. Wow. Close to 50,000. Wow. That is shocking. I got to tell you, I don't think LeBron James is that interesting. I don't either. There's a, there's, there's. Used to be. Yeah, yeah. He used to be. But there's way more interesting people out there than LeBron James. Wow, that's a... Uh, oh, you mean like Giannis, who they never elect to, to really cover? Well, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. I remember one time I heard a story uh, where he had just won, like, it wasn't Rookie of the Year or something, but he was still living in, like, some, some crappy apartment and didn't have a car. And after a game, like, maybe they won a playoff game or something, he was walking home in the rain, and some fan pulled over and picked him up and took him home. Yeah. Like, that is interesting. Last one I have, uh, the Players' Tribune is uh, definitely going downhill because Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback, wrote a story in it today, and here was the first line, Teddy. It's always been my dream to be a Longhorn. And the story basically goes on saying how he was five years old and watching Texas win a national championship in 2005. It's always been his dream to play for Texas. It's surreal that he gets to live out this dream, all this, and the entire article I'm saying – then why didn't you go? Why'd you go to Ohio State in the first place? And he right. never really addresses why he went to Ohio State in the first place. But the theme was, oh, I've always wanted to be at Texas, except for that time I didn't sign with him out of high school and went to Ohio State instead. Does the math work out? Say so in this, it says two years old in the. Uh, oh, two years. Yes. I thought you said. Five years I old. I probably did. Two years old uh, during the 05 season. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that makes more sense. Well, yeah. Um, because of the money, I guess, right? Because of the money. Wow. He said it was a very difficult decision on uh, 
you know, picking his school out of high school, but doesn't give the exact reason why it was Ohio State over Texas. So the Players' Tribune now has turned into, you know, people just write a fluff piece and don't give any real information no. behind the decisions. It's no. kind of like, eh, I'm good with this. It used to be really cool, but not right. so much now. Yep, I, I totally agree. Uh, if you're going to be the Players' Tribune and you're you're going to give that forum, you better say, hey, th- don't don't just give us, like, the – what you would say to the to a local reporter. You need to give us some behind the scenes and give us some actual information. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two. Keep it tuned to the ref. Cavis Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush. Check them out, cavisconstruction.com. If you have damage from the storms last night, they can help you out with emergency repairs. They're on the clock 24-7, cavisconstruction.com, for uh, all the information there. ESPN had a, you know, spring, like what we learned this spring from every Big 12 team, and uh, their big revelation about OU was, well, Brent Venables look comfortable Dylan Gabriel's going to be the starting quarterback, and they're going to go fast on offense. And then uh, there were like five other lines about Caleb Williams is gone. Here's his stats. Spencer Rattler is gone. Here's his stats. Then, right. like The rest of it was just filler. So, yeah, thank you, ESPN. Get Brent Venables is comfortable. Dylan Gabriel is the quarterback. And, yes, they're going to go fast. I'm glad that that's all you learned. Get used to that. Um, if it's not – if it's not low-hanging fruit like that, you're not going to get – and going back to the uh, the conversation about the the YouTube video guy, what was it, uh, Jimmy High Roller that does NBA videos about what's going on in the league, like, that's, that right there, that stuff right there is exactly why I believe that they're in trouble. You, you get no nuance. You get no real conversation about what's happening. It's just like the low-hanging fruit, and you just bombard us with it, although there's nothing actually there. All right, quick timeout, final hour of The Rush coming up on The Ref. Stay tuned.